the good, the evil, the beginning of fall TV. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. The Geek Confidential Podcast Fall TV Discussion Episode. Discussion Episode, that's really awful, but I'm going to leave it in there. Melody Akles, welcome. Hello, hello. Craig Peters, welcome. Hello. Okay. <laughs> As always, I my name is Luke Kerr, and we are discussing the new fall TV season. Now, Mel, mm-hmm. I want to start with you, because... There is a show that I watched religiously for many years. Well, for a few. He years. watched it in church, and pretty much. <laughs> and then I fell off, and that was Once Upon a Time. Yeah. I think I left when Frozen. Like I stopped oh, yeah. when Frozen came to Once Upon a Time. Me too. Me too. And I haven't watched it since, and I don't know that I've regretted it. But you are tuning in for tonight's premiere. What are you or what are you looking forward to this okay. season? Well, I want the show to get back on track because the Frozen season was a little wonky and then it got better. Um, it got back to what it has been. And then this past season was really disappointing for me. It was like probably the first time that I've been seriously once upon a time, like we're better than this. We can do better than this. And I, uh, it was a little bit of a struggle to watch towards the end of the season, which hadn't happened with me for once upon a time. So it kind of hurt, especially with it being, you know, five seasons in, I think this season six, we're about to start tonight. So, um, really, I just want the show to get back on track. Um, I do like that they're putting Regina back in the forefront because they kind of backburnered her. She was kind of the B story, but this go around, you know, they had some potion or whatever you have to drink and she wanted to be good. So, but the evil queen still lives inside her. So she had to drink the potion and then separate evil queen Regina from Regina. And that way she could kill her. But when it came time to kill her, she couldn't do it. So now you have the evil queen running around and Regina. So I think it'll be interesting to see how these two characters who were actually one are now living apart from each other. My biggest thing with once upon a time last season was that they were they kept trying to make me believe that emma swan and captain hook are now the big couple they are now the super couple of the show and i'm like "Mm." see i was going to ask you about that because they were always my favorite couple i loved them but I haven't watched in a few years, so I wasn't sure where that well, they finally, relationship had like, ended. Basically, what happened was last season, Captain Hook sacrificed himself so everybody could live in Storybrooke and Storybrooke could go on. And he got sent to the underworld, a.k.a. hell, right? So they mm-hmm. had to go to the underworld and rescue Captain Hook. Like, that was the big thing. And I was like, hold the hell on. We are doing all of this for Hook. We going all the way to hell and back so we can get Hook. That shit didn't sit well with me. True love and no, happily ever you're after. You're trying to make me believe that. And I'm just like, mm, I, I'm not buying what you're selling, ABC. I'm not buying this. I just, well, I don't believe there is an epic love story as Snow White and Prince Charming. And I feel like they were just trying to make me believe that. And I refuse to believe it. 
So for all of you, what is it? The Captain Swanners? I don't remember what the squish name is. Send, send your, your hate, hate tweets to Mel. To me. Spell my name send right, it, uh, and I will send it back to you. Thank and you. where can they find you on Twitter, Mel? It's my name. I'm sure Luke's going to make me repeat it at the end. So you can listen at the end for that. How about that? There's a tease. Now, I have a question, another question for you because I know, or I I don't know if you still are, but I know for a very long time you were a Rumpelstiltskin yeah. and Bell fan. Yeah. How are they and where, like, and what are you looking oh forward God. to that with so, them? So, you know, they've broken up, they got married, they got divorced. They, they've been going back and forth, right? But I still love them. And basically, Bell, this last go around, you know, Rumpel has done his unforgivable thing for the, the 13th time. And Bell didn't want to forgive him, but, you know, come to find out she was pregnant. She didn't know she was pregnant. She found out she ended up getting put into um, a coma, like one of those sleeping comas, you know, sleeping beauty styles. Uh-huh. And Rumpel is trying to figure out a way to get her out of this coma. We can't figure it out because the big bad this season is uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So he's trying to uh, figure out how to get her out of there. So he's put her in this box and all kinds of stuff. And like that, I really do still love them. I think they have great chemistry and I'm pretty sure they had to put her into this comedy because the actress, Emily DeRavin is pre- was pregnant in real life. So that's why she had to do the whole sleeping beauty thing. So I think it's interesting how they're going to get them out. I still love them. I can't help myself. Like those are my little boo-boos. My, they're my little babies. So I hope some way they can figure out, but I just need Belle to understand. Like he is the dark one. He will always be the dark one. He's going to regret things. He's going to do bad things. It's going to happen. But if you can deal with that, cool. But you can't do this thing of where you want to change him because you're not going to. So one other question before we move on, because this is a pairing that I always really wanted to see. And then they teased it and then they brought his his ex-wife back in or his believed to be dead wife. Whatever happened with Regina and Robin? Okay, so I'm going to just bust your whole bubble right now. Robin Hood is dead. They killed Robin Hood. When did that happen? Because... Okay, oh. so do you remember, were you watching when Zelina was around? The green yeah, one? Yeah, yes. the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Because she was the one, she oh, like she appeared in, I think, the story arc just before Frozen. Yeah. And I'm not a big Wizard of Oz fan, but, so between Wizard of Oz and then Frozen, I was like, this is just too much I for me. I live for the Wizard of Oz. Can you so, believe he's not a big Oz fan? I cannot, I just can't, can't stand uh, I like Oz on HBO, just not The it Wizard of Oz. two very different things. I know. Go, go ahead, okay, Mel. So, long story short, <laughs> Zelina is Regina's sister, okay? Yeah, yep, I knew that. that. All right. So, basically what happened was they were had been fighting the whole time, and you know that Regina's true love, her second chance, is supposed to be Robin Hood. Well, Zelina got jealous and in her feelings because she wanted to have a baby, and everybody had somebody, and she didn't have nobody. So... She she pretended like she was Maid Marion, who they had ended up getting back from Sherwood Forest, and they came back into Storybrooke. That was like the end of the Frozen storyline, I think. Anyways, um, she ended up pretending to be Maid Marion, and Robin Hood picked Maid Marion because they already had that one baby. Well, come to find out, Zelina had killed Maid Marion. She was pretending to be her, and then by the time everybody found out all that, Zelina was pregnant with Robin Hood's baby. So they were trying to work through all that. Zelina ended up having a baby. We were all happy. And then it came to where Robin Hood had to pick between Regina and his new baby. And, well, 
You know how that there goes. There we go. So okay, it, so I just thought short, of... Robin Hood ended up dying last year over some foolishness. So Robin Hood is dead, his baby's still alive, and Regina is still sad, and the, the evil queen is back. So there we go. So I have one last question that I just thought of that I have to ask. Has anybody killed Henry yet? Because, God hey. damn it, he's so oh, annoying. Oh, you gotta be hating on poor little Henry. I'm not like Yeah, that. no kidding. He's a... So Henry uh, he's is not... still alive, causing trouble and antics. So, baby okay. It will ensue. This is once upon a time. And I think this season, I know I said Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and then I think Aladdin is coming into play too, because I heard something about Jafar. So I saw I saw in the preview as I was recording PC or DC tonight a, a preview for it, and it did look like Jafar is back. So I would guess. I actually liked this once upon a time spinoff, so I'd be curious to see how they incorporate that element back into it. Craig, I know that you love Gotham. Oh, God, yes. And it returned this last week, complete with Fish Mooney and her gang of metas. And Tell me about the episode and what did you and think? And the penguin. I love the penguin. He's so good. He's got a million-dollar bounty on Fish Mooney's head. And I can't wait for him to get her. I'm, I'm, yes, this, <clears throat> as always, this episode is absolutely... Absolutely stunning. Every, I hung on every word. I watched every syllable. Jim Gordon is back, of course, and he's just as kick-ass as ever, though now he's kind of a vigilante kind of character, hunting down the, the escapees from from the asylum, from Hugo Strange. What do you think of Jim Gordon's quest to catch Fish Mooney and uh, solve solve crimes or lock up people when they're not, when he's not on the force? Well, he's not on the force, and his ex-partner... Harvey is trying, to, but he's still doing the work. Right, he's still Harvey's trying to get him back on the force, but he doesn't want to do it. Uh, he's getting a bounty for each of these, each of these uh, escapees from 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 the uh, from Hugo Strange. He's getting a bounty of five thousand dollars for each of them, so he's making plenty of money. But he is a vigilante. He's out on the streets hunting these people down, and of course now he wants the million dollars that uh, wonderful the Penguin is is offering for offering for uh, fish and she's she's getting sick she's you don't know where she's going she's collapsing she may have pneumonia who knows she's but she's as just kind of a sickly person and we don't know where the sickness is going obviously she got it from strange and that sounds awful but she's got it from strange and uh gordon wants her badly everybody wants her badly because she's worth a million bucks and i love the penguin so he's He's encouraging everybody to go out and hunt her down, which can't be good for her, but uh, kind of Batman's taking a Bruce Wayne's taking a really back seat in this in this first episode, the premiere episode. So, oh, I thought I thought it was I thought he, they had him integrated well. But so what do you think of Valerie Vale? Well, she's not she's no Kim Basinger. I mean, there was something incredibly special about Kim Basinger as, as the original Vicky Vale. She's just w wonderful in the role. Love that. Valerie, though, I kind of like. I'm, I'm having to get used to her. Uh, she's a, diff a completely different character from what I can tell. She's not as much fun, but she is more serious. And, of course, Gotham is a more serious, uh, more serious TV show. Um, so I'm kind of liking her. She's, dig she's sticking her nose in everywhere, of course, as reporters. Which is always As fun. reporters are want. And she's annoying, which reporters are supposed to be. But I'm, I love her. I think she's, 
I think she's doing a great job and she's replacing a, a character that I originally thought a great deal of and she's doing a good job with it. But again, I love the fact that she's not Vicky Vale. Maybe Vicky Vale will show up and she'll be cute and tiny and blonde and whatever. But this is Valerie Vale, which is maybe her cousin or sister or, or uh, uh, aunt. I don't know what she is. And Vicky Vale will probably be much younger later on down when, when uh, Bruce Wayne grows up. But anyway, uh, for now it's Valerie Vale. And she, I think she's, I think she's terrific. And of course she's hunting all this stuff down. She wants to stick her nose in, as I mentioned. And, uh, I can't wait for her to meet Fish Mooney, and that confrontation should be. Legendary. What do you think of the fact that uh, she's back, Fish Mooney? Well, she had to be. She's too too interesting a character and too powerful a character to just let go. I just can't wait to see what they do with her, though. She's she's of course ordering people around. She's dangerous. She's you know she's going to kill somebody at every turn. I, I think she's a really good character. I think everybody's pretty good in this. In this film, and I actually like I like the Riddler. You know, the guy that's going to end up being the Riddler. Oh, he's all he's they, every time he pops up, it's he good. Solved, he solved this incredible puzzle that that uh, that good old Penguin gave to him in about thirty seconds. It's like the unsolvable puzzle of all time. So, I mean, they've really got him built up. I'm, you know, I didn't like him originally, but just he just gets better and better with time. But um, so this is a this is a premiere you can't miss. Gotham is the best the best comic book TV show ever and just riveting as far as I can see. You mentioned Bruce and you thought that he was minor. Now I know that there are a lot of people out there who hate the Bruce Wayne character, but for me, when I'm watching Gotham, I am watching for Bruce, Selena and Gordon. And the more of those three that I can get the better. Yes. It was revealed in the season finale last spring that there was a doppelganger, we got to see uh, for Bruce Wayne. We got to see him again. What did you think of the fact that Bruce is now trying to take on the Court of Owls? Like I said, there wasn't much Bruce in this. I like I like the doppelganger. It's kind of a prince and a pauper kind of thing, from what I can tell. But um, I, again, I don't I don't think much of it yet. I'm. It's not that big a deal yet. I, I can't. I kind of found it odd that. Alfred got his ass kicked in this episode, which I don't I don't like very much. I like Alfred kicking ass instead of instead of vice, uh, the vice versa. But uh, Bruce Wayne's not really taking on much of anything. He's just uh, all talk so far. So okay. got him. I got him on 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 hold for the moment. He's got to end up kicking ass soon. He doesn't seem like anything that would ever develop into Batman at this point. So uh, hopefully something changes and he seems like a a kick ass. I always thought that that uh, the that Tom Welling from Smallville was going to turn into Superman. I always had that feeling. You don't feel that with with Bruce Wayne yet, and so. Well, I don't think they they're going to just because of Warner Brothers. Like Warner Brothers specifically puts restrictions on Superman and Batman characters on television because of the movies. Well, yeah, but, so I don't, uh, I mean, they did that specifically with Smallville. You may have had the sense of that with Smallville, but that's the reason exactly. why they never went there. I think that it's, I, I, I would have to go back and Google it again, but I, I swear I read an article at one point that basically said they weren't ever going to bring in Batman into Gotham for the simple fact that this is supposed to be Gordon's story. You may have missed my point um, completely. My, it's possible. My point was that this guy does not seem like a kick-ass, a kick-ass kid that's going to grow up to be a kick-ass 
Batman, a kick kick ass superhero. So somehow I, they have to introduce him at some point as being able to kick some serious ass out on the street I fighting. Think that they can, I think they can wait a few years before they do that. Um, because like in my mind, one of the things, one of the things that is a hallmark of Batman is the fact that he's a detective and is really good at analyzing data and doing stuff. And I see that as what they're encouraging now that he's got plenty of time to be able to grow oh, yeah. into that role. On this week's Pop Confidential podcast, we discuss the returning shows, How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, what else was there, Mel? Let's see. Uh, Empire came back. Empire, correct. I think, uh, what was the other one that you guys were talking about on OWN? Oh, Queen Sugar, but that's a new show. That's okay. Yeah, we but we discussed fall TV on Pop Confidential. So if you enjoy any of those type of shows, be sure to check out that. We also discussed Designated Survivor, which in this case has a little bit of crossover because I'm going to use Craig's very generous definition that since this is an altered reality, technically it could be a geek topic because it's technically an alternate reality. So, Craig, what did you think of Designated Survivor? Oh, honest to God, I watched tonight because I I knew we were probably going to talk about it. I, I I get a kick out of alternate history. I get a kick out of taking what what is established and giving it a huge twist. And this this TV show is doing that. I mean, Keith Kiefer Sutherland. Come on. I mean, yes, he's not the great movie actor that his father was, but he's a tremendous TV actor. And he uh, and his he's just. In this, in this, all of a sudden he goes from the kick-ass character in twenty-four to this this kind of mousy uh, secretary of I don't know what he is, South Secretary of Health and Human Services or some such. Uh, home, um, yeah, yeah, housing, home, housing, uh, yeah, housing. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's I think that's what I said, but uh, maybe not. Anyway, but um, yeah, he's he, he, all of a sudden he is thrust into the role. This mousy little guy is thrust in the role of being president of the united states it's kind of a tough job and he doesn't really want it so basically he's it's every accountant's dream. every accountant's well i don't know most accountants i know are so boring they never... i was i was joking from a political standpoint he's a political appointee who's who's a great accountant exactly. whether or not he whether or not he wanted to be the president but basically every president's yeah, dream okay and you too can be president if someone blows up the rest yes of the and they do they blow, they blow up the whole rest of the frigging <laughs> cabinet i mean or the the government. So he's like this guy that's stuck in a room to keep him safe just in case the unthinkable happens. And of course it does. Now he's the president. And so he's got to deal with the explosion, the, the horror of being president, the fear, obviously, of somebody hunting him down and killing him or his family. And I, the only thing, the only flaw I saw in the whole thing is if they just blew up the cap, the Capitol building and with, with the president and everybody else in it, why in the hell would they take his wife to the residence, which could also be blown up? So they took his wife to the residence. Didn't like that very much. The wife should be where the president is to keep her Well, safe. that was my question that I was going to ask Mel about, because the thing that sort of seemed glaring to me was in order to give them the the mushroom outside the window that of the place that they're off at, they kept him in Washington, D.C. If I don't know about you, but if I was the person in charge of the department responsible for making sure that the designated survivor doesn't get killed, keeping the person in the same city might be a problem. I'd be like, 
we're going to have you like, you know, when uh, 9-11 happened and George Bush was in the air for hours on end and then he landed at what? Offutt Air Force yeah. Base in, in uh, Nebraska. If you're the designated survivor, I would be having you in another state because it just I mean, I get why they did it from like a television cinematic standpoint. But from a logic standpoint, it didn't make sense. Yes, St. Louis uh, is really Mel, popular now. Several. Mel, what did you think of Designated Survivor? I liked it. Um, like what I talked about on the Pop, Pop, Pop Confidential podcast, um, it's a really solid show. I think it has a lot of potential, too. Um, I thought the story was good. Like Craig was saying, you know, it's this mousy guy. He's at the bottom of the totem pole. He got fired that day. He got demoted. I don't know. I don't know what's worse, getting fired or demoted, one of the two. But um, he got demoted that day. They were going to send him off, you know, and he ends up becoming the president of the United States that day. So it's going to be interesting trying to see him assimilate. I said this before, but assimilate into this role of being the leader of the free world, as they like to say and so much on these political the shows. Throw up scenes of all time, by the way. Oh, God, that was disgusting. <laughs> and I, I was like eating at the same time. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Great Guess that's the end of my pizza here. But, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know it, it's a good show. I'm interested. I'm definitely coming back for the next episode. I want to see you know more of how we can deal with this because I felt like the first episode was solid. Okay, now Craig, I know that you love a show called Z Nation on the Sci Fi Channel. <laughs> you recommended it to me, and I couldn't make it through it i get why you like it because you like it for its outrageous antics shall we say but it was just too much even for me what are you thinking of the season so far now that it's been back for two episodes honest to god it seems like they've gone back uh two years and changed the whole thing that's what the first episode seemed like this year my brother and i can't figure it out we can't i can't figure out what's going on because it seems like some characters are back that i thought we thought were dead and, how, and they're not zombies, they're just back. So I don't know what the premiere is all about, but it's I can't wait to see what's going to happen and, and why these characters that were kind of dead are now here. Have they saved anything in the world? If I remember correct, and please correct me if I'm wrong, when I was watching the pilot, their basic premise was they were trying to get somebody someplace so that they might have a chance of reversing the zombie plague someone named murphy is played by keith allen uh uh-huh. he is 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 a blue guy and he was he was bitten by a zombie and he's he's turned into kind of the zombie king so he can manipulate zombies he can cause them to do his bidding he has a zombie baby and that's the most disgusting and eerily yes it is eerily there's no way i could watch oh, it. it's it's so disgusting and so so ridiculous and yet so captivating for those of us who really have sick minds that it's it's I mean, it's it's almost I, I don't think I could ever stop watching this show because it's just that weird, creepy. And I, I hate that. I hate it. But I love I love it at the same time. So, yeah, it's um, so he's they're taking him to the uh, to doctors to make to see if they can take him and make a cure from his is whatever's substituted for blood right now. But he's so funny and he's so uh, over the edge inhuman that th this is like an alternate reality because none of these people react the way they should. 
the people you love end up dying and the people you hate end up going on. So where, where I hate uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, I love this show because it's so awful. Uh, well, you mentioned Fear of the Walking Dead. I want to go there since I have both of you on this uh, on the podcast because it is my understanding that both of you are either hate-watching it or maybe one of you has stopped watching it and the other one is still hate-watching it. Mel, are you still <laughs> I'm watching? I'm still hate-watching it. <laughs> okay, so I want to know, Mel, why are you hate-watching Fear of the Walking Dead? Because I guess I have to see what happens. I think that's the only reason I am still watching this terrible show because it's just <laughs> not good it's not and the previews always make it look so good i'm always like okay yeah this season this is it they're gonna do it they're gonna keep me hooked at every season i am watching the show like damn this is stupid why am i watching this oh i hate this show and i just keep watching i recorded it tonight and i'm gonna watch uh it Yep. Go figure. Is there is there anything that stood out this season as truly atrocious? That first episode, the uh, season premiere, where they followed Nick, dear Jesus. Oh my that, God, so that bad. was forty three minutes of garbage. That's forty three minutes of my life that I cannot get back. It was like, okay, we're following him. He's walking through the desert in Mexico. Okay, he runs into some trouble. He runs into some zombies. He's drinking his own pee like this is Waterworld. Okay. And of course, he's okay. bathed in their blood. He's got, he, he looks, he, right. he's just, I mean, it would be, you'd die from that stench, I'm sure, wouldn't you say, and Melanie? Just, yeah. And I'm just, just like, Ugh. This is stupid. And we all know The Walking Dead tends to do that sometimes. They follow one character in the episode, just kind of bleh, is lackluster. But it's not trash like this episode was. Oh, God, it was so bad. And I just keep watching. And I watched the next week because I was like, oh, well, it was just the one character. And I didn't get to see what happened to the other ones. And now this season, they're all stuck in this hotel still in Mexico and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And they're separated into two factions really. Cause we got the people we've been following from the boat strand and the people from Los Angeles. And now we have, um, Anne from Dallas. She was there during the hotel before everything went bad and her daughter was having a wedding and the zombie outbreak happened right then and there. Cause her husband died and shit got real. So now it's like the survivors of the wedding from the hotel and our original survivors we've been following. And now they're trying to come together and make things happen. And I'm like, okay, so how long are we going to be at this hotel? Because I'm over it and y'all need to go somewhere else. And I kind of, I kind of like the other group we have. We have Nick. He's found a little community in Mexico and, you know, they are surviving. And the one guy who I actually want to know more about and they don't ever show enough of is the person who has actually been bit and has survived. Like, so it's clearly he has some kind of immunity in his blood that's keeping him from turning into a zombie. And I'm over here like, okay, so why are we not like taking his blood, trying to figure out what's going on? He's a pharmacist. He knows a little bit of something about medicine. I know somebody else over there got to know something else about medicine. So why are we not trying to find a cure or something from exactly. this one guy? Like this doesn't make any damn sense. We're just doing this shit all over again. So why are we not doing Doing this, it doesn't make sense. Oh, and what about Craig? Why, Craig? Why are you hate oh, watching? God. I mean, 
there's this there's this scene where you know this lady's nuts. She's lost her whole family. Her daughter, her daughter bit her her husband and killed him. Oh so yeah, she, you're talking about the girl from Dallas. Oh, yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She, she's anyway. So you know she's crazy. You know she's insane. Somehow they didn't lock her up. They didn't put her any place where where they'd be safe. And she ends up stabbing one of the one of the halfway decent characters who's been a been with the show for a long time she ends up stabbing him now how in the hell do you let that woman uh, and not only that you're in a world of all zombies right you you're in a hotel every single hotel has a peep a peephole right who in the hell in a room in a world full of zombies doesn't look through the peephole to see what's on the other side before you open the door so this lady who they should have locked up or killed herself because she's nuts they open the door on her and she stabs the guy didn't even look through the peephole. Melanie, can you see yourself in a world of zombies not looking through the peephole at a in a exactly. at a hotel? And you knew you knew it was gonna happen because they were like, exactly. "Oh, that Hector just opened the door for him." I'm like, "No, don't oh. do that. There's zombies outside." Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> oh, and, and 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 this is great. They they have this. They have the lady who's the main lady on the show. I think her name is uh, what is her? Uh, the chick oh, with the blonde hair, the principal. Yeah, the principal chick, uh, uh, whatever the hell her name is. I don't know her name. Her name is she gets on okay. my damn nerves. That's her in name. In Walking Dead, <laughs> if you if you have half a dozen zombies there, somehow they're gonna get and bite, get to somebody and bite them, right? Half a dozen zombies, or they're or you know if you have if you have you know two zombies, somebody's gonna get bitten, somebody's gonna get hurt, or whatever. In this one, you have a thousand zombies, and this gal is walking backwards down the down the the long beach uh the long uh boardwalk the pier, on the, the beach pier. the pier the pier walking down this pier and somehow she's walking backwards she never stumbles like everyone always does in these shows she never stumbles she never falls but somehow this thousand zombies or more that's that are following her down the pier never speed up they're starving to death and there's thousands of them but she manages to get all the way in on the to the end of the pier and jump off before those zombies ever speed up to catch her now if this if they did this in in the walking dead you'd say this is ridiculous this is stupid can't happen because they've they've always shown these zombies as being able to catch them and kill them this is the worst single zombie moment i've ever seen and i've seen nearly every zombie movie and maybe every zombie movie that's ever made most of the tv shows as well this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen where where she manages uh, with thousands of zombies following her, just walking down backwards down the boardwalk, she manages not to have them chase her, and she gets to jump off the pier. Where in Walking Dead, if there's a zombie within 20 feet, he's going to get somebody. I mean, okay. I, I was just absolutely flabbergasted by how how they could be so idiotic and so and, against type. And the fact that the last episode that I watched is. They found the generator. They got the generator working in the hotel. And she turns the generator on after they went to the grocery store dealing with the drug dealers. And she heard an inkling that her drug addict son might be alive. So what does she do? She goes back to the hotel while it's dark and turns the light on so he can come and find them. Lady, your son <laughs> did already 
already told you he don't want nothing to do with you. He said you wasn't shit. You ain't never going to be shit. And you never was shit. Okay. That's what he told you. And here you are still hanging on to them. And your poor daughter, who has been ride or die for you the whole time, has to come up to you to your face and was like, look, mom, I am right here. And you always pick him over me. And she's like, no, I don't. Yes, you do. You do that all the time. You take that girl for granted all the time. And you've been running around, running behind Nick his whole life because he's been doing drugs the whole time. And that's all you ever care about. And I think that shit's fucked up and I don't like it. Like, she gets on my nerves. And I know they won't kill her because she's like the main lead yes. female character. And I don't want her to be because she gets on my nerves and she's trash. Oh, gotcha. Well, this may have to become a, this may be, have to be, fear, uh, hate walking, fear, or hate watching, fear the walking dead may have to become a segment because you two are on fire. Oh, God. Because uh, I can't wait. I mean, I can't wait to know what is so terrible next week. Well, before we move on, first of all, I am really looking forward to The Walking Dead when it returns on October 23rd. After it airs, we will be doing a, well, not that night, but we that week we will be recording a special The Walking Dead podcast. Mel, I hope you're there for I'm gonna it. I'm going to try and make because it. Because I, I am looking forward to it. There was a new show that came out on Sci-Fi on Friday, and it sort of snuck up on me. It was called Van Helsing, and I find that for whatever reason, I don't know why, that sci-fi shows on the sci-fi channel just sort of sneak up on me. I feel like even though this is a channel that I record stuff on, whenever it comes to a premiere, I feel like I've, I find out about it the day before or the day after. Now, I don't know if that's just hey, Luke, something where... They have, they yep. have sci-fi shows on the sci-fi channel. I and know, but that's the ones you should keep up. I, I know that's what's that's what's so weird about it. I don't know why it is because I maybe it's because I have the long running ones. I had them all set up um, for DVR recording. So I I don't really watch the channel live ever. So I never see the commercials and I fast forward and went through when they DVR. But Van Helsing premiered on Friday. I am a fan of uh, mythology, or not mythology, but uh, of vampire genre, the vampire genre. I'm always intrigued by a Van Helsing care, uh, take or a spin on it. They aired a two, uh, like they did a two episode premiere. And I see why they did it, because the second episode was much stronger than the first. And the first episode felt like for me they were spending a lot of try time trying to set up the male the lead male character like his motivation alex's motivation for like watching over vanessa helsing which we don't know um what her actual story is other than the fact that her blood can turn vampires back into humans but the first episode for the most part just felt like 20 minutes in, I was like, whoa, this is really slow. I'm watching Alex go around doing mundane stuff in this CDC type facility where um, this woman is on a slab alive, but her body is sort of dead in the fact that uh, like the metabolism and things, but she's still alive. And it, then he's somehow feeding a vampire that he's got locked up. The but the doctor. Of the, uh, the well, but we don't find that out in the first yeah, we episode. Do. We find that, no, or, or maybe I missed it. But it was like I, I, for me personally, if it was in the first episode, I missed it. But in the second episode, where they put all the pieces together, it's like, oh, okay, this is her. And 
I'm not sure what I think of this episode. Maybe as we discuss it, I'll be able to get a clearer opinion of it. But Craig, what did you think of the two hour premiere? Well, the, the thing that I loved, and there's a show called the strain. That's also about vampires. And I love the characters in it. And I'm following this thing religiously like you watching it in church, of course, following it religiously. I, I didn't find the only character I found even, even remotely a, attractive was, was the main, the main male character. I thought he was interesting. And by attractive, you're meaning compelling. Compelling, yes. Not, yes. The old form of attractive, not the, oh, God, I got the hots for him. I'm, you know, not quite in that okay. camp. But, uh, but yeah, I thought he was a good character, strong character. I want to see what he does. I didn't like the Van Helsing character. I didn't like Vanessa Helsing. She seemed like, hey, the world's fallen to shit. She's gone outside. She's seen, she's seen the, the, the world is burning, basically. It's a haze, a permanent yellow haze over the world. And she has no reality, no, no sense of reality. And she's supposed to be the main, powerful, superhero-type character. And she doesn't get maybe a sense that, that things are bad. And and so well, and for those and for those who haven't watched it, we're going to be spoiling this. But the the premise is that b there were um, volcanic eruptions. And while the volcanic eruptions were going on, there were vampires who were taking advantage of the chaos that ensued. And so people in the streets are getting turned into vampires. Right, yes. Sorry. Someone, a, a vampire attacked her. And they brought her in before they realized that what the vampires were doing. And unlike the other people who were brought in, she didn't change. And they thought she was dead. So they, they rushed her into like this other portion of the facility, of the hospital, whatever so this she's laying medical on a slab facility when the show is. So she's laying on a slab, sort of like if you were going to be in a morgue. And in the second episode, we then begin to get flashbacks where she is in Seattle with her daughter. Uh, the, her f daughter's father is in Denver with another woman, and the daughter was supposed to fly out, but the father didn't want her to do it because of, supposedly, because of all the unrest with the volcanic eruptions. Let me back up. So at the, be at the beginning, she has donated blood. Yes. And a vampire who has been drinking like blood from the donation center is turned into a human, back into a human. And so he alerts his leaders that this is going on. And so they go in search of her. Then this is when she's later attacked by a vampire and ends up in the hospital. So there's a bit there's a bit of jumping around in it. And so when she finally wakes up on the slab and helps put down the vampires that are all about to overrun the hospital after they've been there for ages. And it's basically her, the, her guardian, the doctor who's been turned into a vampire and this motley crew of survivors who's just showed up right at the beginning of the show. Her only goal is to go out and find her daughter. And I realize that that would be very important. But at the same time, she's been basically dead for a pretty long time as the world's going to hell. You would think that she would want to be a little bit more prepared before she goes Maybe out. Maybe ask a few questions. She, yeah. She's clueless. It's been like two years. He says it's been two years in the show. And he, she doesn't ask any questions. She doesn't try to find out any more information. She just She just gets all morose and threatens to kill him, basically. 
I put it on Twitter, Luke underscore Kerr, if you want to follow me on Twitter. I asked what people's thoughts were on the premiere, and one of our longtime listeners of Daytime and Pop Confidential responded that there was very little humor mixed with the violence, unlike Winona Earp. They said, plus, it was there was a drastic tonal shift from episode one to episode two. I preferred episode two, which was written by Simon Barry. I agree. Episode two was way better than episode one. But they also pointed out that this is basically the walking dead, but with vampires instead of zombies. That's the sense that they got that um, Dr. Mo got from it. What do you think of that take? I think I already compared it more to to a show called The Strain. Um, So I think it's more like that. I don't get the I don't get the walking dead sense because because none of the zombies can think. And of course, there's the, there are the feral vampires that are like zombies because they don't think and they just hunt. And then there are the, the, the leadership, which is more like a show called The Strain, which I thoroughly enjoy, where you've got this, this leadership, you've got the master, and then you've got this leadership that hates the master, and then you've got another level of a, an, a, a, a vampire-like character who's really a, um, like a daywalker. That show is much more like this one in that you have this hierarchy of vampires. So, no, I don't compare it to The Walking Dead at all, and um, I think it's more like... The Strain. Yeah, more like The Strain. I think I think The Strain, and, and I think you should check out The Strain, because The Strain ha- does have a sense of humor in the weirdest, oddest, most desperate times. I have watched the trailers for The Strain. There is no way in hell I'm going to be watching The Strain. <laughs> That's like that, whatever that show was on HBO, where like they did the trailers for it during Game of Thrones, where they, were, they had that person in the cell and all this weird shit was going on. I'm like, there is no way in hell I'm watching it. And that was the exact same thing I thought when I've, whenever I've seen a, a strain trailer. Yeah, it's not your uh, type of show. But, but, no. but the characters are so good. Forget about the, 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 the vampires. They're a little unrealistic. And, you know, the, but the, the plot's good. The story's good. The writing is good. And the, the, the characters are really good. You really get engaged with the characters and I can't see that happening with as yet. I can't see this happening with, uh, with the, uh, I'm so un- unenthused that I can't remember the name with Van Helsing, yeah, with Van Helsing. I can't see that yet. Um, I need to get involved with the characters and you get, there's some really good actors in, 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 uh, the strain. And I don't see that yet. in in Van Helsing, it looks like, it looks like Sharnado, Sharknado level with vamp with vampires so far <laughs> though. I mean, I, I, it's a little bit above Sharknado, well, but maybe not, not much. much. So here's my question then, because normally I give a show three episodes. Since they did a two episode premiere, would you would you give it another episode or would you give it two more episodes? Well, obviously, I before you decided not to watch I'm, it. I'm hate watching Fear the Walking Dead. I think I can give this half a dozen episodes before I decide. Well, there's only thirteen, so if you make it through six, you might as well watch all well, thirteen. We'll see, but yes. Um, I love vampires. I love vampire shows. So, so I, I could go, I could go at least a couple more episodes before I decide whether to continue watching, but the characters have to get better. I have to like characters. Uh, and then I, 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 everybody in fear of the walking dead could die and I would be happy to get a whole new cast of characters. Uh, uh, that's the thing I hate about the walking dead this year. We're going to lose a character. I'm hoping it's nobody. I have any any feelings toward because that would be terrible. Jon Snow was awful. Anyone, Rick or his, his son or any of those people die, I'm going to be devastated. So Jon Snow came back, thank God. But in a weird way, he came back. So, 
but Fear the Walking Dead, they could all die. In this show, all but the main main male character could die. Even Van Helsing could go, and we can get an old an old guy with Romanian accent, and I'd be I'd be happier. Sorry. Now, <laughs> we've we've touched on Game of Thrones a little bit here. Last week, we uh, Craig and I discussed Game of Thrones winning Best Drama and Tatiana Maslany winning for Best Actress at the Emmys this year. If you want to hear Mel's thoughts on it, definitely check out Pop Confidential because we do, did discuss that briefly. But Mel, I want to get your thoughts on another aspect of Game of Thrones or a Game of Thrones related topic. Are you a Harry Potter fan? I don't think we've ever discussed Harry Potter. I off the podcast. am not. <laughs> so you do you ha- have you read any of the no. books? Have you watched okay. in the movies? I have seen like what I saw the last one, like chapter seven, part two or whatever. And then I saw one uh-huh. of those in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and you probably ended up with the bad. I, know, one I really don't remember which one I saw. But I remember well, seeing the last one. So. Harry Potter icon Daniel Radcliffe I know who he is, would like. Well, no, I know. I was just wondering what you would like, to, what, what your thoughts are on this. If, and if you were a fan, it, it might be more important to you. But Daniel Radcliffe would like to appear on Game of Thrones, yes. but he has a caveat. He goes, if they want to just bring me in and fucking kill me, I would be so happy with that. So, Mel, would you like to see Harry Potter on Game of Thrones so that they can bring him in and kill him off like they did. What was his name? Shane. What's his name? Uh, from Deadwood uh, this last season. What do you think? I mean, they could. I'm just like, well, who would you be? Who would you be? Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe. But it doesn't really matter who you're going to be. If they're going to bring you on for one episode or two episodes and kill you, like don't get attached to him because he's not not gonna stay for very long so i mean i guess i wouldn't really have a problem with it as long as it fits the story but i usually don't have to worry about things like that with game of thrones those guys are pretty good about you know staying on track ian mcshane was who they brought in and he was basically brought in as one of the priests and he helped build a church and then he was hung in the church craig would you like to see harry potter killed off in game of thrones Yes, Luke, I would love to have seen him in the last episode of the season where they burned the whole church up. He could have just been there for about 30 seconds and we see Harry Potter and he he's blows up in the in the the Greek fire. The dragon. Oh yeah. yeah, that would be terrific if he just gets burnt burn up. Either either by the dragon or in the in the fire that Cersei set. Uh yes, I would love to have seen that. I, I don't have any problem with him. I am I'm gonna fly my Greek flag. I never was a big fan of Harry Potter, but I've read all the books and seen all the movies and and followed everything. So this this is really geek stuff. I'm saying that for real. Yes, I think might as well give him a chance. He's British. He can be in Game of Thrones. As long as you're British, you can be in Game of Thrones. Maybe even if you're Australian or Canadian, you can you can spend a couple seconds there. But generally, why can't you be American? What do you have against no, Americans? Can't Craig? have Americans in Harry Potter it's apparently a British show. until now. It's a British show. Everything's British. Uh, you mean British to tell show. me we can't do British accents? No, we can, but I've I don't we shouldn't. I don't yeah. know that I've ever heard it. it, it a reasonable or even unreasonable uh, British accent from any American ever. For some reason, Australians can do American. British can't do American terribly well, mostly. Uh, and Americans can't do British at all. Some of the worst accents in the history of, of movies and TV have come from Americans trying to do a British accent. We're in above the history all. of accent dumb. 
and and this is this is something coming from Craig, who considers himself a movie encyclopedia, and Mel, who graduated from film school. Both of you agree that Americans can't do British. Uh, I mean, some are better than others, but really, I wish we would just stop trying to do that. Exactly, <laughs> it's just and, not for us. And sometimes they start out okay, and then and then and it gets worse, and then by the end. By the end of the movie, it's just terrible. They're speaking, and this, they use American slang too. I mean, it's it's awful. So yeah, avoid it, avoid it at all costs. But uh, Brits seem to do okay coming to America and using and doing America. Anthony Anthony Hopkins does a great job with that. But oh no, yeah, no, 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 no. Americans can't do it. So no Americans in any British many British stuff. Nope, ever. I want to cu- touch on a couple other things. First of all, last week we discussed about uh, we discussed Agents of Shield and the fact that Ghost Rider was coming to it. What did you think of the uh, season premiere, Craig? Um, I liked it. I, I'm kind of I, Mar- Marvel Agents of Shield has grown on me. When they brought in Sif from Thor, uh, the, the character Sif from from Thor, that kind of caught me up in. In, in what they were going to do with Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I've been willing to give it some time. And now they've got Inhumans coming out their ass. I mean, there are Inhumans everywhere. So it's really a superhero show now, where it wasn't to begin with. And with, with Ghost Rider coming in, he's not really, he's kind of a, not even an anti-hero. He's kind of a, a, a bad dude. I don't even know how to define him. But I'm not sure I like the actor so much, but the character is pretty good. And the... And you love the car. The car is when we when we were ass. when I was talking to you about it oh. this week, it was like the car is kick oh, ass. Yeah, it is absolutely. It is absolutely. I, I watch it just for the car. I'll watch the whole the whole year just to see that car blazing ac- literally blazing across the the TV screen. Yes, it's it's definitely it's definitely kick ass. And uh, and he, uh, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with him and and. Uh, and uh, Daisy, I, that that could be a weird relationship, a fiery one, no less. Um, burns where you can't, burns in your unmentionables. So, uh, I, well, I I have, uh, as promised, I decided I was going to watch it before the podcast. The problem was, I only got halfway through, and it was like, wait, I need to watch Gotham. At least I'm familiar with what's going on with yeah. Gotham so that I can ask intelligent questions and have a discussion with Craig. So I quickly switched to Gotham on in-demand. So I still have to watch the last half of the episode, but I have it on my DVR. I'll get it caught up. We'll discuss it more next week. Mel, mm-hmm. I sent out in the email this week, I sent out a um, link to a trailer for a new show on sci-fi called Aftermath. Now, the reason why I sent this out, and I thought that I could discuss this with you, is because Anne Heche stars in it. Oh, that is Jamie! I I know. And see, if you you listen to the Daytime Confidential podcast and even the Pop Confidential podcast, Anne Heche is a drinking game. Along Anne with another, Hish, world. another world, Santa Barbara. It's I just be, made somebody yes. very drunk, and I'm yes. I don't have any regrets about that. So, what did you think of the trailer? Is it something that you would tune into? I mean, it, it's definitely promising. The only thing about adding new shows, like with with us already watching so much television, I kind of have a I limit do. on how many shows I can add. 
per season. So that one's like, okay, maybe, maybe I could check out an episode and if it's okay, I could just let it go all season and then catch up with it during the downtime, you know, during Christmas and everything. So, I mean, it's interesting, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, and what I thought was curious about it, the description says the Copeland family battle for survival when civilization comes to an apocalyptic end triggered by massive storms, meteor strikes, earthquakes, a plague, and the rise of supernatural creatures. So my first thought was, didn't I just watch this for two hours on Friday? (laughs) My second thought when I was looking at it is, wait a minute, she co-stars in this with her significant other since 2007 for Men in Trees. I'll give it a try. It's coming out on the 27th. I'll watch it for Anne just because I'm a fan of hers and I've enjoyed her in other Mm -hmm. shows. But how many post-apocalyptic world shows can sci-fi air at the same time? The whole post-apocalyptic world, dystopian future kind of thing, you know, there's getting to be too many of them, you know. Before there used to be one every once in a while, but now I feel like the market is just so saturated with it, you know. So let me ask you this then, because and um, the Divergent movies, which are totally Mm post-apocalyptic or totally dystopian, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're, they're not even they're not even like doing the final movie because the final, the last one did so bad at the box office. Yeah. They're going to send it straight to TV or straight to DVD, whichever one. And the, all the stars of the movie were like, "Mm -mm, no, Uh, hell no. No, no, already ruined our careers enough. (laughs) Craig, what did you think of aftermath? I think it looks exciting and interesting. I don't agree with Mel in any sense of the word science fiction. Science fiction's origins came from, post-apocalyptic through what what humanity is going to do to mess up the world and what we're going to do to try, try to to make up for it hg wells jules verne's always was warning about what was going to happen in the future so so though i understand the fact that there are so many of them and that you can pick and choose a little bit so melanie i i, I agree with you in the sense that there are so many of them that it's it's hard to pick under the dome was kind of too too far i think Oh, I kind of liked it. Um, it was it was the one that kind of took me by storm. That maybe this is going too far, but yes, uh, if they're good, if they're exciting, if they have great characters, which is I think the the the, the, the key to it all, um, that if the characters are great, I don't care how many there are, I'm going to watch them. Uh, so what did you oh, think I'm of sorry. Aftermath? I like the trailer. The trailer looks exciting. It almost looks too much. Like, it's too good. It's got to be disappointing when you actually see it. But it's another one. My DVR, I'm recording all these shows. I'm going to have to buy another whole DVR just to keep everything everything going or watch TV 24 or 36 hours a day, which seems impossible. But but it is science fiction, after all. Uh, it looks good. looks exciting. looks interesting. I love, I love post-apocalyptic uh, um, movies and TV shows simply because... Uh, I grew up with them. I mean, that was it was always about War of the Worlds. You know, what's going to happen when nature fights back or when we blow the hell out of ourselves? So, yeah, it, it looks good. We'll see. Reserving judgment. I want to talk about another show that's coming out this fall. On October 3rd, NBC is airing Timeless. Now, I had watched the trailer and I was like, okay, this could be lots of fun, but it could also be hokey. 
which of these two is it going to be? Because it's very, very difficult to balance something that's good but and fun, but st- stupid at the same time. <laughs> And so as I was reading, because I was tr- I was making up my annual like grid of what I'm going to watch this fall. So I was like, OK, I need to do a little bit of research on Timeless. I pulled up an article, a review of it from Variety, and I have never seen a review that is this good for a sci-fi show. And I'm going to just read the opening paragraph. It says, every now and then a show comes along that is so ridiculous, so expansively silly, that it goes around the bend from meaningless to meaningful, from a blank canvas to one whose emptiness signifies something profound. Timeless is such a show, maybe. Uh, It's either unintentionally brilliant or unintentionally just very funny. A show that, like the film The Core, is so full of dramatic, pseudoscientific non sequiturs that each begs to be examined, repeated, and hopefully one day cross-stitched into samplers. Because the procedural is so committed to its own absurd premise, it deserves to at least be gazed at for a moment, even if you don't find it potentially significant. I read that and I was like, well, damn, I'm watching it. (laughs) Mel? What did you think? What what do you think of the trailer? Will you be watching? I will watching? absolutely be watching. I saw this trailer in the summer and I was already hooked before I finished it. I like history just in general. So the fact that they're going back in time and like kind of trying to change things and seeing how everything happened, I was already there. My roommate, who is just as crazy about television as I am, I was like, I really want to watch Timeless. And she looked at me like I had two heads and maybe another eye floating on the top somewhere. And I was like, oh, no, no, not it. So that's kind of how... See, this is when you were like, I'll pay the extra $20 a month for my own <laughs> That's DVR. how I judge, you know. That's how I judge my coolness factor. I'm like, oh, this is this is a nerdy show? Okay, never mind. She's not a real big nerd, and I kind of am. So that's how I'm like, okay, this is a nerd show. This is one that's going to be all me. But no, I am excited to see how it goes. But you know it's NBC. And NBC yes. does not like to give their shows a chance, okay? NBC will let one episode air and let it tank. NBC like, nope. Nope, cut it. It's got to go. Come on, NBC. Give it a chance. The only thing that's more reliable than NBC at canceling a show was Fox Friday lineup. Mm. Craig, will you be watching Timeless on October 3rd? (laughs) It's absolutely hilarious. I had it DVR'd as soon as I could DVR it. I mean, it was the moment that it was able to be DVR'd. I had it DVR'd. It's ready to go. Yes. Uh, When I watch this thing... I mean, there seem to be fictional characters, non-fictional characters, um, all mixed up in this whole thing. Yeah, I'm, I am in there. I am there. And for those of you who like to read, and there, hopefully there are a few out there still, it reminded me so much of a book called Number of the Beast by Robert Heinlein. Great, great, one of America's greatest science fiction authors. He has some of the best ever. And he did, he did a book called Number of the Beast, that where there are, and not being, not just 666 was the number, but it was six, I, I don't even know the math of it, six uh, to the sixth power times the sixth power. So, I mean, it was like billions and billions and billions and billions. 
of different universes. And that's what this feels like to me is that book by Heinlein, which was so interesting and so weird and different that this feels like that. And so I am really excited about this one. And the characters look good. It looks like these are going to be characters that I'm really interested in. And of course, Luke knows more than anybody that characters really are what I love about any any TV show, movie, or whatever. So yeah, the characters look terrific. So yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really in on this one. Not to be too uh, too excited, but I am very excited about this TV show. I'll probably watch it a dozen times, so maybe it'll up the count so they'll keep the show going. What do you think, Mel? I mean, it sounds like a good idea, but you know how NBC. My cousins <laughs> they like to I name know. networks, so NBC they like to call it nothing but canceling because yes. it's true. I hate NBC for that. Yes, that, and the thing about it is, is NBC grow for me growing up was the go-to network with all the Frasers and Cheers and all of those I remember shows. Remember that Friends. super comedy lineup they had with Will and Grace and all those shows? Uh, like, yeah. Yes, must yeah, see TV. It. See, I'd say it was my go-to network, yes. but there were only two when I was a kid. It was CBS and NBC, so <laughs> there wasn't much go-to back then. ABC existed. Not back in my then. community. ABC was like a a fuzzy dis, fuzzy station in the distance. You can oh, get so it existed. You, it you it just could real get it. sunshine and outside, and there's no clouds in the sky. Exactly. That's pretty much it. And <laughs> even then, the signal wasn't oh. the best. <laughs> well, we're gonna go over a quick rundown of the shows um, coming out, still to come out. The Geektastic shows still to come out this fall. We have. The Flash on October 4th, Arrow October 5th, Frequency October 5th, Supergirl October 10th, Supernatural October 13th, Legends of Tomorrow Leg- uh, October 13th, October 21st The Vampire Diaries will return, and the new Doctor Who spinoff will debut on October 1st as well, Cla- its title is Class, and then on October 23rd we have The Walking Yay. Dead. Is it? Are you looking? Are you looking to any forward to any of those in particular, uh, the Mel? Flash for sure, because that one always keeps my attention. Um, I think you named Walking Dead as well. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like course, him as a villain. <sighs> Sorry. I know, right? But it's okay. It's okay. I still get to look at him, and that's all. Day. Between him on Supernatural, and then him with Izzy on Ooh, Grey's Izzy. Anatomy. Yes. Uh, Keep uh, going, Mel. And Sorry. he was Jason from The Good Wife, too. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right. He, that's it's a beautiful man. He really is. But no, and I'm excited about the show coming <laughs> and back. And he's too. a man's man, Mel. He's oh. a guy that both, you know, you, I can. I could have an entire podcast about <laughs> Jeffrey D. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I can just talk about that man forever, but I agree. He is a man. He's a man. He mm, yep. He's going to fix something for me. Yes. Almost, <laughs> almost seems like he's from Australia or something. On his motorcycle. Like, <laughs> man, I love it. Okay. Not the point. Bring it back, Melody. Um, and then you mentioned. So I have a question wow. for you, Mel. Him or the actor who plays okay, Fitz? So, since I'm just going to completely go here. So, Tony Goldwyn is my baby daddy. Okay. We are in an affair. We have beautiful, beautiful little caramel babies. But sometimes, you know, he trips, he gets on my nerves, and I just have to spend some time with Jeffrey D. Morgan. Okay. Yeah. 
So I'm in a forever affair with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. But Tony Goldwyn is my baby. He knows how he knows how to he fix does, the plumbing. Whereas, uh, okay, got but it. I am got always it. and forever with Tony Goldwyn. Like that is my baby's daddy. We are together. But you know, when things <laughs> get real, I gotta get out. Gotta get a little Jeffrey sometimes. I gotta just gotta mm. get in there. But I'm always coming back to Tony because that's my man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Craig, uh, any of those shows jump out for oh, you? Yeah, um, Arrow. Arrow's, it's it's like Gotham, and then uh, and then Daredevil, and then Fly, uh, then Arrow. Those are the three in a row for me. I'm looking forward to Luke Cage. You didn't mention Luke Cage coming out on oh, Netflix. Yes, September 30th. Yep. So uh, Luke Cage is coming out. I'm looking forward to. And we will be recording a special episode Ooh, regarding cool. that. I mentioned. I've I've given you a whole bunch of segues here today, haven't I, Luke? It's wonderful. You're getting the hang of it, Craig. Last season of Vampire well, we... Diaries, right? So. Yes, it is. And I've got, I've got. It was important like to mention. Five seasons to catch up on, on Vampire Diaries. <laughs> well, you can you can skip several yeah, of I them, understand. but the but but the Walking Dead. Watch the Walking yes. Dead is the big the big the big big boy. There's Game of Thrones and Walking Dead are in my top ten of all time TV shows. They are just they're head and shoulders better than anything that's been done almost everything that's been done in the last the last 10 15 years suits is also up there suits would be another one of my top 10 then we have to go way back to suits as in the usa to, or yeah, usa I show. show it's i didn't know you watched watch that show i got the whole last like 12 episodes on my dvr that is one of the ones oh, i have to get through but i love is, the show awesome. it is really awesome so those three are my are my favorite tv shows in the last 20 years they're just so good um, they had all, almost have to go back to Hill Street Blues before that. Uh, I go way back. I go way, way back. But yeah, Walking okay. Dead is is just it's the only thing I hate about Walking Dead is people die in it, and not enough die in Fear the Walking Dead. See, that's I'd trade that off a little bit. <laughs> I I come from old school where where the heroes never die. Matt Dillon didn't die, right? Um, uh, the only thing about The Walking Dead is I, I'm really torn between the camp that wants to see Rick's son, Carl, die and those who want to keep him alive. Because there's some days where it's like, just die already. And then there's other days where it's like, no, you cannot die. I think die. you should get a decent haircut. That would be my favorite. Mm. That would if help. You, if you had a haircut, um, that was even... But... I'm pretty much looking forward to all the shows on that list. I have my DVR set up to record all of them, except for the class, which that will be remedied by time it actually airs in October. But I want to wrap this podcast up with the topic of Magnum PI. I realize it's not the geekiest topic it's on like the planet, the but this topic on the planet. Listen, if we could discuss designated survivor, we could we could discuss Magnum PI. I wanted to bring this up. I love Magnum P.I. as a kid. It, Simon and Simon, Murder, She Wrote, Knight Rider. Those were the type of shows that I've loved watching as a kid, along with Dukes of Hazard, and then as an adult catching up on the episodes I missed. So this last week, it was announced that ABC ha is developing a sequel, basically, to Magnum P.I. that will center on his daughter. Lily Tommy Magnum, 
who returns to Hawaii to take up the mantle of her father's PI firm. She and her tribe of friends mix tropical beaches oh, with oh, the seedy honey. underbelly of international crime and modern espionage, even if as she tries to unravel the mystery of the blow and spy operation that ended her career in Navy intelligence. So basically they're doing Hawaii exactly. Five-O. First, well, they're doing Baywatch that's meets the first Hawaii thing. Five-O is what they're doing. Correct. But then the second thing is the whole point, some of the greatest plot points on Magnum P.I. was the mustache and short shorts. So I don't understand how that's going to work without those being involved. Mel, did you ever watch Magnum P.I. or were you too much of a baby for that show? I was uh, I was really small because I don't remember. But this is what my mother used to tell me is that I used to love Magnum P.I. But I don't remember. I was like two or three. I was really small. And I apparently like the theme song was my jam. So I used to watch that and I would watch the show. And apparently anytime it was on, I would run into the room and go, it's the Magnum. I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't understand. So have you marathoned no, it or binged it as per- no. on Netflix? I don't you remember, should. Like, it's really good. Apparently it's- it was my jam when I was like two. So ugh. now I'm, feeling I'm sorry. Really old. It's the eighties. Not much was that good in the eighties. <laughs> Craig, what do you think of this idea of developing a sequel? Is it a lack of creativity on the part of ABC? Or do you think that this could it's actually go somewhere? Imagination is what it is. Uh, you can't come up with great new ideas, and they don't want to risk. They don't want to risk anything on them, so they'll they'll pick something up that has got an, a built-in audience, and people will be watching it. And Hawaii Five O, the new one's not terrible. I I, keep, I watched a year of it and kind of lost interest, but I watched two and then so, lost interest. But uh, no, I don't think it's a great idea. But I think it'll probably be okay, and and it'll get it, it'll get some viewership, and then be canceled in a couple of years. But who knows? Could could work? No. Nope. Is he gonna? But is he okay. gonna guest star on it? Which is a real. That's that's the big thing. I would think that they would almost have to do it. If they don't, I mean, how can you have a Magnum PI sequel without Tom exactly. Selleck? Exactly. That that I mean, if they can't get him, I mean, I realize he's on CBS. Blue Bloods, Blue Bloods but which is a good show. Yeah, if but they have to get him in order yeah. to do it because there's no point there, like i'm not going to tune in just for the name without I'll, tom Selleck I'll showing my up thinking. somewhere if they get him and he guest stars on it regularly i will i'll be i'll be a, a reoccurring, reoccurring character, character. Yes. exactly so mel i'm um kind of with you that i like the song mel i did like the song myself too it's a good one on that note do you either of you have any final thoughts or recommendations um, everybody watched Luke Cage when it comes out September 30th since we didn't really touch on that and I really love the actor too since y'all just got me less than after me and so uh, yeah Luke Cage we should have a top five list of Mel's mm. favorite men mm. Craig uh, I, I knew I know those three are the top three I'm not sure who would be the other <laughs> two on that list but maybe have to find out sometime Craig, any I'm recommendations? I'm going to reiterate The Strain. I think that's a, a good show, great vampire show. The creatures are a little weird, and the show's a little weird, but in a good way. And, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to say it again, Murdoch Mysteries. The more I come along on that, the more I, the more I like it, and the more, the more geeky it gets as, as it goes along. They just introduced uh, uh, Alexander Graham Bell. Tesla's been on there, Alexander Graham Bell. Uh, they've had Arthur Conan Doyle, all geeky characters. 
So you might you might like that one as well. Mel, so as part of my final thought, I have a question. Have you ever read Pawn of Prophecy? I have not. Okay, well, it's a book that Craig has been trying to get me to read for years. And so I've started reading it. I'm two chapters in. I'm enjoying it. It started off a little slow, and boy... The, pro, the prologue almost lost me, but so I stopped in the middle of the prologue and I said, okay, prologues can be their own separate beasts and books. I'm going to just stop here. I'm going to go to the first chapter and I'm going to start there and see if this is better. So I started reading it. I'm enjoying it so far. I was discussing with Craig and at some point we're going to just do a classic fantasy book review podcast for Pana Prophecy. If anybody out there has read Pana Prophecy and would like to weigh in on it, just for future reference to be included on the podcast, feel free. You can do so by tweeting at GK Confidential on Twitter. You can find me there as well, Luke underscore Kerr. Mel, where can they uh, find you? Can you can find me at my name, at Melody Akles, M-E-L-O-D-I-E-A-I-K-E-L-S. Craig, and where can I, I find at you? at Z Movie Maniac in, on Twitter and Movie, Ma- Movie Madness Podcast and I, on iTunes. Until next time, so long. See ya. Bye, y'all.